The man who discovered the blood moons is here with us. This is not good. This is one bucket wow. of pancakes. The man of the toupee. He's on the front page of New York There's no respect for white European males anymore. So, so Flubber is just like non-binary, right? Flubber's not a man or a woman. It's just like genderless goop, right? I, not in my Flubber. <laughs> no, my no. a man. <laughs> that should be the next thing that these people get furious about. Is if Flubber yeah. is a man or a woman. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you buy up all the Dr. Seuss content, so all the news, all the freaking books and everything. Now you can buy, like, all of the Flubber VHSs that exist out in the world. Goodbye. And it could be your... I, I mean, Kenny, you seem to know a lot about, like, weird deviant art fan fiction. Talking about Loma <laughs> Buddy's tits for, like, 45 minutes before we yeah. started recording. Uh, have you looked up <laughs> Flubber on, like, deviant art or, like, I don't know, furryboners.org or whatever weird <laughs> erotica sites you look at to see if there's like any flubber oh, yeah. with like giant tits or like a massive dick and balls <laughs> <laughs> there isn't there's lots of flubber content but it's all just it's like, like it's not binary flubber right it's he's more like a tentacle monster type thing you know oh, like so it's like hentai his... So wait, is hentai yeah. non-binary? Is hentai are all hentai monsters uh, them they? Um, is that what their pronouns are? To, you have to ask I, the artist. Yeah, I, I think it depends yeah. on the drawing. I mean, if it's like an octopus and all the legs are dicks, then yeah, I mean that's a. But you could just use a regular tentacle as a dick, though. What constitutes like a dick tentacle? Does it look like a penis? There's lots of things that look like penises that are I don't think penises. it's a tentacle if it's a dick. If it's like an erect dick, right. it's not a tentacle. Then it's just a, they just have boners for arms. <laughs> I thought we were asking... <laughs> look, I thought we I... were asking the artist on this. All of a sudden, y'all are freaking anti-boner like experts. No, you're I'm the just, one, you're not, the one who said, like, I don't know if there's a bunch of dicks. I just want to know what constitutes like a dick in your... But does it have to be like a functioning like anatomical <laughs> penis, or can it just be like you look at like cucumbers and be like, "This is a dick to me"? Like, what constitutes a penis to you? You're the one who said it, so I'm just trying to figure out what's going on in your brain. <laughs> I'm I'm confused. Am I? I thought we're. Hey, I'm not speaking to the monster's gender. I'm just saying what constitutes a tentacle. An erect penis is not like yeah. That's if a I penis. saw an octopus like, swimming in the ocean with like eight erect dicks, I'm like that's not an octopus. Yeah, like if that's a kai, like if Godzilla fought a kaiju <laughs> that had like a bunch of like penises for fingers, I'd be like that thing has dicks for fingers. I wouldn't be well, like, are, yeah. Are they fingers or are they dicks? I think if I think if they if the hentai monster if like the tentacles are clearly penises, then it's a man. And there's no like this. There's no like disputing that. I think you could dispute it for sure. Yeah, because they could be like accessory dicks. They could be like they have They'll, nothing to do with reproduction. Yeah. They're just like mm. there. That's a tricky one. Yeah, yes, see, they're fingers in that case. It's weird. We got here from me just asking if Flubber was not binary or not. I think it's not. I don't think Flubber has a gender. That's why I think Flubber's inherently queer, and that's why Tucker Carlson can't enjoy the 1997 romantic comedy Flubber starring Robin Williams, R.I.P. And Flubber. Yeah. It also starts... 
<laughs> yeah, don't forget, Flubber's the star of the show, Travis. Come mm. on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I So that's where I disagree with you. I think Flubber is like a background character. Mm. In the movie Flubber. I think, I think it's like the movie do- Jaws is called Jaws, but Jaws is barely in the movie. Jaws. But Flubber is in it a lot. Not really. If you... Like a lot of like the hijinks, you he just puts flubbers in Flubber the shoes. Right what? Do you just watch Flubber? I've never seen the movie Flubber in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, never even heard of the movie Flubber. Um. Anyway, welcome to the Spin Doctrines podcast, <laughs> the podcast about propaganda and the people who peddle it. I'm Travis Reyes. I'm Kenny Van. I'm Amador Salazar. And today we're talking about, you guessed it, the gender of Flubber. <laughs> it be a nine-hour episode. We have an expert on. We have an NYU professor on to talk about. <laughs> uh, no, Kenny, what are we really talking about, bitch? We are talking about Arizona Senator uh, Kristen Cinema. Ooh. My favorite thing about Kristen Cinema is it sounds like a character in like a Rob Zombie movie. Like a character who like owns a movie theater. <laughs> it is also like the de- the devil called like Kristen Cinema. <laughs> right? Like that's like the that's like a crib keeper type thing. Like I'm Kristen Cinema and welcome to spooky stories or something. <laughs> Kristen Cinema sounds like the host of like a horror anthology thing. I like it. Is she that? No. (laughs) No. She's the senator from Arizona. Hmm. I guess you're already said cool. Yeah, she is. She's probably best known for what she did recently, which was she went on the Senate floor dressed up like an anime waifu and voted no on increasing (laughs) the minimum wage. Yeah, she did like a she did like a excessive like thumbs down, like a like she a did, like, Tekken a character at the end will... of a fight, like a fight animation of a Tekken character. <laughs> it was like a very like drawn out, like super animated thumbs down. And she probably went like, hey, when she did it, I mean, some insane. She was going to spin around like a sword, but when she was like twirling it, all it is is a thumbs down. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you guys saw the video, like full video of that, but like right before she did that, she's like, uh, Mitch McConnell's talking to somebody on the floor, and she's like very obviously trying to get his attention before she does this like weird thumbs down vote. Yeah, she like whispered, "I'm actually John McCain." He's like, "Whoa!" On her way over, <laughs> the Maverick returns. <laughs> <laughs> Why does your Mitch sound like Bernie? I mean, or Bert- there's no rules anymore. Was it in Bernie the Senate? saying that? I mean, <laughs> he said it, but he was in Mitch McConnell. Like, he was uh, actually wearing Mitch McConnell for a suit. Okay. Okay. One of the... I mean, yeah, that's... <laughs> one of the, uh, the... She gave a reason, though. She was asked about why she voted no on the $15 minimum wage. And I have a quote here from her where she says, uh, No person who works full-time should live in poverty. Senators in both parties have shown support for raising the federal minimum wage, and the Senate should hold an open debate and amendment process on raising the minimum wage separate from the pandemic-focused reconciliation bill. So basically, her reasoning was, I support it, but not if we pass it through reconciliation. Or pass it, period. But mostly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, yeah, like, I think her point was undermined <laughs> greatly by the fact that um, not a single Republican voted for the pandemic relief bill, even right. after they made all those concessions. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing, too, is that some of those, like, Republican electeds were then, you know, going back to their constituents and saying, hey, the relief bill has been passed. Isn't this great? But, like, not saying... You know, that they actually didn't vote for any of it. It's really cool. That was a really cool move on their part. I liked that. Yeah. I it's... forget which senator it was. It was like, he's bringing jobs back. Like, he <laughs> voted against it. 
So Yeah, but it passed. So he brought the jobs. <laughs> Over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that's uh Kristen Cinema's uh reasoning is that she wants to have it in a separate bill where it can't be passed through reconciliation, which would require at least 10 Republicans to vote for it. So in essence, she's saying she only supports it so long as there's no con- like feasible way that it will pass. I cool. think she and Joe Manchin were kind of like the like get-out-of-jail-free cards for the Democratic Party in that they, like, because it's so close, if they say that they don't support it, a lot of other Democrats who who don't actually support it can pretend to. But then they actually had to hold the vote on it. And uh, a lot of Democrats, eight other Democrats, no, eight Democrats, including Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin voted against it. So, I mean, it wasn't just her, but she was like the most egregious about being like, look at me, Kawaii Desu, I'm <laughs> voting no. <laughs> I mean, I the other thing too. with uh, how much, weird anime porn we've talked about in this episode i think we could lose a lot more (laughs) (laughs) i'm afraid we're gonna get like put into like a special category on like apple podcast oh yeah there's no there's no coming back from (laughs) this really (laughs) podcast now whatever the fuck a waifu is yeah, uh, the thing I was going to say about that whole thing was uh, the very weird defense afterwards, because a lot of people were criticizing the way she, you know, curtsied while she thumbs down. And then she was like, oh, you know, uh, that's actually sexist to make fun of oh, the yeah, way like, I... No, it wasn't her. It was rejected. like... It was, was it, like her one of her aides. It was yeah, like one of her aides was, was like it's yeah. sexist to like combat. Yeah, which I don't know if you all remember. There was a body language ex- expert on an MSNBC once who was like, "Look at that, that old Bernie Sanders. It's so sexist what he's doing right there. He's like literally standing there, <laughs> they're like just <laughs> examining him, doing phrenology on him. It's crazy. <laughs> but he's a man. It's okay to do sexism to." Bernie. <laughs> it was specifically like, look at him in his big coat. How sexist. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, new, that lady wrote that like op-ed in New York Times. It's like, it's sexist to focus on Bernie's coat instead of Kamala's or stepdaughter's bitch and tits or some like, weird shit like that. <laughs> oh, it was oh, like... Yeah. It was like, oh, oh, Bernie's mittens okay are okay, but Kamala's Converse aren't. It's just like weird, like non-controversial, like right, like weird shit, shit that could like easily that. be like boiled down to like, oh yeah, no, one's pandering, one's just like a weird old man who owns three pairs of clothes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One's like being like, aren't I cool? Yeah, aren't I cool in my Converse. And the other one's like, I have owned these mittens since 1933. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's what she's most known for now. I don't think she was really a household name before this. Now she definitely is a lot of, she's attracted a lot of negative attention to herself, especially in Arizona. She's not popular right now. She's suffering the consequences of being like, fuck poor people. During a pandemic, yeah, didn't like her approval rating like go down like for both parties or something? Yeah, no, she's she's making a well. I will get into that, but I wanted to start with that so that we could start with uh, kind of like her early life. She was uh, born in 1976. And mostly, the most important thing to know about her childhood is, like, something that she brought up and ran on a lot was that she was, uh, her parents divorced, her birth father was an attorney, and then uh, her mother remarried and moved to Florida, where they lived in a gas station for two years. Okay, pretty cool so far. (laughs) So, it was, the only thing is, like, she kind of told a lot of inconsistent stories about 
living in a gas station about like whether or not they had water, or gas, or, and whether or not they had a, a working toilet and shit like that. Wait, wait. the gas station didn't <laughs> have gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was my first thing. It's like, what are you talking about? But I think, yeah, I don't know. Seems like a cool life, though. I want to live in a gas station. I'd freaking it's... live in a Seven Eleven. Eat those little <laughs> chiquitos for all my meals. Like as I read into it, there's like a lot of people that were calling her out for like inconsistencies in her story, and then I bought her kind of excuse where she was like, "I was a kid, like that was, sure. I was like a child when that was happening, so like I could be like whatever. This is what I remember." So. Right. I kind of like passed on that, but then there were like instances where she like doubled down on it. Like people did like investigations, like, well, your parents were like paying like these bills. Like this is proof that you guys had running water and shit. And did she just like it's a, just a weird thing to double down on, especially when the like point of you telling that story, I think, is still intact. You lived in a gas station, like you live. You were like your family was poor. You were struggling. Yeah, you don't need like, to I like make it. You don't need like crazier. Yeah. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, this is a stupid question, but uh, was the gas station like functional, or were they just living in what used to be a gas station? I didn't have gas. It used to be a gas station. <laughs> okay. It was no longer an active gas station. That's what you're... Yeah. That, it was a defunct building that <laughs> her... That's the other thing, though. Her step-parents owned it, and they lived nearby on, like, a farmhouse, which is like, oh, well, that... Like, because she tells the story as, like, we were homeless. Right. Gotcha. But the story is more like, your stepfather's parents like were giving you this space to live in and then they also lived nearby in a farmhouse so like i'm sure like it's one of those things i don't want to get like nitpicky about like yeah your family was poor it's weird that you're like exaggerating details for no reason yeah it is weird she like it was a radio interviewer uh, no a washington post interview where she said uh oh we had a we had a working toilet, and they were like, well, how how did you have a working toilet if you didn't have running water? And she's like, I don't know. Why are you... <laughs> why are you... Like, <laughs> it's one of those things, like, I just don't understand. Like, you could just be like, hey, me and my family lived at a gas station. Why not That's go... That's provable. There's pictures of it. Like, you could... The gas station's still there. It's like, just be like, end of story. I know well, what it's like to be poor. And also, why not go, like, full... And I go and I go one hundred percent with it. Why even be like we had a toilet that worked? Why not be like we had nothing? You know what I mean? It's like they're right, bad at leave it I would just be like I had to like do do shit in the in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> She's like we had a toilet that worked, but no gas, no gasoline. Yeah, it's weird to like embellish details. It's like just yeah, just like you said, just be vague. Just be like we didn't have anything. We we're struggling. We lived in a gas station. Well, That's... I mean, to be fair, when you do meet people that tell, like, insane lies like this, it is always. Sure. Like, it's, yeah, it's I not mean... even like you offer up. It's it's not even like you ask. They, like, offer up weird suggestions. Like, the toilet and, thing. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sure they weren't like, do you have a toilet? And, like, just like, we had a toilet and also nothing else. And again, like. Uh, I don't know. I think it got kind of blown out of proportion because, like, again, she was like eight, nine, and ten years old when she lived at a gas station. So it's a lot of like, oh, you could just be remembering that wrong. Sure. Sure. So, but after that, uh, her stepfather and mother like found new jobs. They were able to better financially support themselves. Uh, and Kristen Cinema also they relied a lot on the Mormon Church, the Church of Latter Day Saints, for a lot of charity um, while they were living in the gas station. And then, yeah, she went to high school. She graduated valedictorian, and then she went to Brigham Young University. Oh, that 
That cool school. Oh, shit. Uh, where she finished her undergraduate work in two years, and then she moved back to Arizona, where she uh, got a master's in social work and started doing social work. And, and then she got a Juris Doctorate in Law from Arizona State University and also a PhD in Justice Studies from Arizona State. Do you have to be Mormon to go to BYU? It I don't know. It seems like a big thing. Mormons only want to hang out with other Mormons. I couldn't I imagine it's... somebody who's not Mormon going, I want to go to Brigham Young University. <laughs> yeah, I think it's mostly... Mormons yeah, I'm and not Jimmer sure. Fredette. Remember Jimmer Fredette? Yeah. That's the only Mormon I like. Basketball. Yeah, the only basketball player that came out of there. Played for the Spurs for literally one minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's Mormon. That's what we're... No, she's not. Her parent, her stepfather's family is. But she's not. She does not identify as Mormon. She's I don't a fucking think. poser. She went to BYU. <laughs> Good to know. So this is like a, a reaching thing, but uh, it's definitely a takeaway I got when I learned that she like went to Florida and like it was in Florida that she experienced being poor, and then she left immediately when she had the chance to go back to Arizona, which is, I think, a little bit telling, not in, like, in, like, what her future politics would be. Because I, I have a, like, when we did the near attendant episode, I have a tendency of noticing that when, like, people have a, like, poor background and end up in politics being shitheads, it's a very much a thing of, like, I'm going to disassociate from my past I'm going to use it to like run on an election and be like, I know what it's like to be poor, but they're like, there's a very like internalized shame of also like that. It's almost like the way rappers do it. It's very weird where it's just kind of, I don't know. It would be a before, but it is that kind of like, I'm going to use this to further my gains, but also like, I don't know. Yeah, definitely with politics, like obviously. Well, you could do it on both sides, because, like, if, yeah, because, like, Republicans do that all the time. Like, it's like, oh, I used to be a crackhead, now I'm the CEO of my pillow. <laughs> pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but his is cool, yeah. though. Hers is dumb. She lived in a gas station. Yeah. And now she's Arizona Senator. lived in a gas station at some point, right? I imagine he had to have like a week that Mike Lindell was just like sleeping in like a in a turlet oh. at a gas station. <laughs> like he was he handcuffed a to a, he was handcuffed to a toilet in like a Seven Eleven for like three days. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after that, Cinema uh, began her political career in like. The year 2000, she was a part of the Green Party. She worked on Ralph Nader's 2000 presidential campaign. Okay. Absolute failure. <laughs> I wasn't wasn't successful. <laughs> oh, you mean I President Ralph Nader? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that uh, she worked for Nader. Yeah, and... At that time, too, she was uh, an activist. She actually was working to... She did a lot of activism about repealing the death penalty. She organized a lot of anti-war protests uh, in, like, the early 2000s, not just against the Iraq War, but also against the uh, war in Afghanistan. Um, She once said that... I mean, this is a clunky quote, but, like, her heart's in the right place, I guess, where she said Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush were the real... Saddam and Osama lovers, because I guess somebody was using her blowing. It was a like clunky bit, but they're like, all right. I hope get it. I, I hope I no guess. one accused her of anything and she just like offered it. I hope someone asked her about her like gas station house. And she's like, Ronald Reagan is an Osama lover. They're like, oh, cool, <laughs> man. 
What was the Mormon college like? George Bush <laughs> wants to open mouth kiss Osama bin Laden. <laughs> and then she ran for uh, city council. Um, she hold on. Sorry, what year? She is ran this for. I don't have an exact year. It's early two thousands, okay. like around two thousand three. She ran for city council using Arizona's public financing law, stating that she didn't believe in accepting money in exchange for votes. That's bribery. That's an exact <laughs> quote from her. That okay, accepting I mean campaign now. contributions is bribery. Uh, she ran on pointing out the lopsided distribution of wealth, and especially how the lopsided distribution of wealth affected poor immigrant communities. Um, she ran on bettering education, improving health care, child care, mental health. And she once had a protest outside Joe Lieberman's presidential. Uh, I guess Joe, when Joe Lieberman was running for president, uh, she stopped, uh, was at a protest outside and said that he was an embarrassment. Oh, he was ashamed to the Democratic Party. I don't even know why he's running. He seems to want to get Republicans voting for him. What kind of strategy is that? Which is a lot of good foreshadowing for uh, yeah, <laughs> literally who she is now. Yeah, I was gonna say, sounds very. That's that's cool that she was quoted saying that. Like, I like how visible she is. Like, even before she like you know rose to power. It is like that thing where like when you look back on like a ser- serial killer, they're like literally telling you what they're doing and what they're going to do. She did that. She like did like the seventh one. <laughs> I'm not like these people just like wanking in the camera the whole time. Well, you know, it's crazy to me. I mean, like if she worked for Ralph Nader, like she obviously like at some point believed, I don't know, in a better like version of whatever we're in right now in the United States. Um, but uh, you know, if you're gonna do it with the Green Party, that's it's not how you uh, it's not how you foment change. The Green Party is the party that like tries to elect Tom Green every year, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's their whole <laughs> statement is to just make Tom Green the president. Yeah, when you ask what what he, platform he's running under, they just play the Tom Green show. They just play that. Daddy, would you like some sausages, sock? <laughs> Yeah, so I guess before when she ran for city council, she ran as an independent. And then uh, eventually she ran, in 2004, she ran as a Democrat. And they asked her why, that she had changed her political party to Democrat. And she said that the party's platform was in line with her beliefs. Um, so, I don't know. She just... What does that even mean, though? Like... The party platform is different, like across states. Yeah, fucking dumb lady. What? <laughs> but she was quoted as saying too um, that until the average American, this is a quote from Kristen Cinema, until the average American realizes that capitalism damages her livelihood while augmenting the livelihoods of the wealthy, the almighty dollar will continue to rule. And then, less than three years later, she would describe herself as a Prada socialist. What? So she, what? What is she that? like flipped on a dime so fucking quick? A Prada socialist. Prada socialist, yeah. Holy shit! A socialist that wears nothing but pro- I don't know what that is. <laughs> it sounds like a wrestling character. It sounds like a capitalist. Yeah, I could like, be wrong. I could be wrong, but it's the socialism for me, not for thee. Uh. That's that was the she was probably saying that under her breath when she voted against the minimum wage increase. I hope she was Are saying we... that under her breath. <laughs> That'd be fucking crazy I... if she's like socialism for me, not for they. Like under her breath, just <laughs> angrily the whole time. What if she just said like I'm a Prada socialist into Mitch McConnell's ears? That's what she did. Fucking came like oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I like it. That's my it's, it's like very weird that like someone running 
running for any like political office wouldn't have like the foresight to realize that's like an incredibly like corny and stupid and dumb and shitty thing to say is like, I'm a proto socialist. Cause it's going to make like both sides hate you. Right? I think it's like this. Yeah. I think it's the sort of thing that somebody says when they get into some like politics with good intentions and then like, I don't know. Get, I think like we think about propaganda and how it affects like everyone else. But I think there's also a very like vicious propaganda machine within like the political establishment. And I think quickly she got like romanticized by that. It's the sort of thing. Right. Somebody's like, I need to make a pivot to being more conservative, but I also believe these things. And it's like dog shit. I'm a Prada socialist. Like, right. Okay. It, yeah. And the only way she could express that is by saying like some gossip girl thing. <laughs> I think you're like brain short circuits when you're like having to like the logistics of having to jump through so many hoops to like rationalize of your trying behavior. to like balance both those things I like ideas in your head is it just makes yeah. you fucking go I'm a proto socialist <laughs> <laughs> so she was a city council person. Yeah. For a while. And then she also served in the state, uh, Arizona State Cong- House of Representatives and the Arizona State Senate before running for Congress. And uh, she had a weird campaign where she kind of ran like a centrist, but in a lot of the stuff that she advocated for and used her seat to advocate for was not, was, was pretty good stuff. She, um, she worked about extending uh, marriage rights to gay individuals. She was uh, pro affirmative action. She spoke out against drug testing welfare recipients. She was against cutting Medicaid and social safety net programs. She, yeah, she was against mass incarceration. She spoke about like the prison industrial complex. So not bad. Um, it's just like, I don't know. When I was researching her, I was like, oh, this is just disappointing. This is just sad. Yeah. Sounds like it. And one of the things that she was really known for was because um, was standing up for uh, immigrants' rights. She talked out against uh, militarization of the police. She stand, uh, talked about she was an advocate for not <laughs> militarizing the border and over-militarizing immigrant communities. She was um, against Arizona laws that were proposed at the time about making people show um, like documentation that they were legal citizens and stuff like that. Right. And, and, and then one day, she decided to run for U.S. Congress, and that was over. Like, she like completely flipped on fucking everything. So, that she had done up to that point. So do you think, like, she bu- actually believe any of this? Do you think this was just like, oh, this would be good for my resume. But then when she got to this level, she's like, oh, this... I've got as far as I can being progressive. Now I need to be I, more of a, like, piece of shit, like, lib. So, I don't think... It, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it would have worked so well if she was like, a sociopath and like planning out that far. I think she believed these things. I think that once you, I I can't speak to it, but I'm sure there's like some fucking shit that happens once you're like in that bubble. And like, again, I think it also might have something to do with her, like getting so many fucking degrees. She got a PhD. She got a Juris doctorate. She like, so got it's a degree. like a, mi- so it's it's like a like mixture rejection. of being like, and academia and like politics like two things that are like notoriously um normal and sane and give you a normal outlook on no but like these things that are like notorious for kind of being um it's like that neoliberal i guess i think it's that like that neoliberal identity that finds you when you're like a professional when you're part of that professional class 
of like, you are removed from that. So instead of looking at things as like that simple, like class struggle that it was that idealism dies in you. And then you're just like looking at things through like this quote unquote pragmatic way. And it's just kind of like just dog shit. Kind of like the way to be deemed a good person is to care about like, I guess the social issues, but like you don't ever consider the working people in like your, like those yard signs, like don't have anything about working people in them. You know what I mean? Like those, like in this house, we respect science and think ladies rock and yeah. (laughs) Black lives matter. They never go like, and workers should like be paid a living wage. Like that part just kind of, because that part doesn't matter to like the neoliberals because they're so far removed from that shit that they have freezers full of like $3,000 ice cream. (laughs) They don't think about, they're not thinking about like an Amazon factory worker or a construction worker. Right. And I think too, if you experience a lot of these like politicians and people that did experience poverty early on in life, they view themselves as that exception or they don't view themselves as the exception to the rule. They, they view that as, like validation that capitalism and meritocracy are real because it's, I made it out. It's so. that self-help thing. Like the, a lot of the self-help yeah. guys have that where they're just like, or like even Corolla in that shitty documentary we watched. He was like, my family was poor and I got out of it. So that means everyone can. Mm-hmm. And they like, they're never willing to admit they got either extremely lucky or maybe yeah. their life wasn't as hard, you know, right. as they perceived it. That was one of the things that came up uh, as I did research to like the more um, as time went on, uh, the relevancy of government programs like food stamps and stuff just like slowly started having less of an impact on her story of growing up poor and more of like, so like, yeah, what you're saying, like the reliance on, on like the importance of government and stuff that stuff starts playing a black role or taking a back seat when she's starting to become more of a centrist and like lift you up by your bootstraps kind of right and person. It becomes less yeah. of like helping the people and more like just i don't know just code like that thing they always just learn to code that american <laughs> it's that tried and true american way you just learn how to code put your axe picks down and just learn how to code. Yeah, stop being Get a, a farmer and learn how to code and do update patches for NBA 2K22. <laughs> <laughs> stop doing this thing your family's done for hundreds of years and update LeBron's dunk to a 97. <laughs> it's important work. It is important work. <laughs> it is important work. I love it every time. They have to update the um, stats on 2K where I have to wait for my game to live for three hours. It's very important <laughs> work to do to just like stop me from yeah. playing the thing yeah. I paid money for. So while she was a member of the state Senate, I believe, uh, she did get, or state house, she did get a bill passed uh, in Arizona to, Oh, uh, to divest the state's retirement funds from companies supporting the genocide in Darfur. Um, which oh, sounds all, all good. Uh, Is this Coney 2012? <laughs> <laughs> Did she get Coney'd? I think this was before Coney 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she. Uh, use this though as an example in her 2009 book to uh, wrote a book. She wrote a book, yeah, it came out in 2009, and in it she emphasized the importance of bipartisanship. What's the oh, book called? Uh, bipartisan bisexual. That is the name of the book. Yes. <laughs> oh it's called By the By with Kristen. <laughs> by on by with. Christy K. As the turns out, the only thing the Senate needed turns out the only thing the Senate needed for bipartisanship was a bisexual from Arizona. Sounds like the plot to like a Reese Witherspoon movie. I don't like it. (laughs) Bisexual, (laughs) 
A bisexual Mormon who lived in a gas station becomes a U.S. senator. Reese Weatherspoon is going both ways. Coming soon to theaters, rated PG-13. <laughs> I'd watch it. Sounds good to me. Okay, let's delete this podcast so no okay. one steals our idea <laughs> and write the idea for going both. Write the screenplay for going both ways. Is... Sorry, what? Okay. No, it was, I'm just gonna. It was around this time that she started like uh, becoming more of a centrist. She didn't run for U.S. Congress yet, but uh, she, while she was in the state Senate, is when she started becoming more of a centrist. Uh, that's when her book came out, and also around 2009-2010, when she was serving in the state Senate, is when the Arizona was facing a huge deficit, mostly due to the terrible two years and years of tax cuts, and also uh, the housing crisis that happened. Um, And she worked hard to ensure that uh, increasing taxes on the rich was was not an option for how to address the deficit. So Nice. Way yeah. to go, Prada Socialist. <laughs> yeah, she voted with the House Appropriations Committee to rule out tax increases as a way of addressing the deficit. Despite admitting earlier that years of irresponsible tax cuts had led the state to the disaster that it currently found itself in. So for months as a way of addressing the deficit, <laughs> uh, raising revenue was was not was not an option. It's like when you go into a restaurant, they're like, I'll pay anything. Money is not an option. <laughs> I will pay anything but money because that is not an option for me at this time. But anything else, you can have. Yeah, and there was a lot of grassroots um, opposition to the GOP's planned uh, budget cuts because that's how they were going to make up the deal. That's how they always make up the deal is through austerity measures and cutting social safety net programs. And Kristen Cinema, who had at that time built an entire career on uh, defending <laughs> social safety net programs and speaking out for marginalized communities, uh, decided at that time that no. That <laughs> no, actually, um, we're gonna need to make some cuts. There was even a point where the uh, Democratic members of the the Democratic representatives of Arizona were just basically like off the table. We're not gonna cut anything more. No more cuts. Um, and Kristen Cinema went on TV and was like, "I think that we can make <laughs> some work." So she went on TV and undermined her own party and said that they were she disagreed that there was no more areas in which they could cut so good what a maverick yeah maverick (laughs) (laughs) they had even fucking love that (laughs) when the state senate democrats proposed 500 million dollars in long-term borrowing cinema which she had previously supported uh, opposed it, and her excuse for opposing the borrowing the five hundred million dollars was that it quote continues out the debt for a really long time. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. That's Very intelligent brain. thing to say. Oops. So, oh, no, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> So yeah, basically, basically at this point, she was just kind of fucking over the state of Arizona and turning her back full force on everything that she said that she had believed in. Um, yeah, she even at at some point, hold on. All right, she even pushed back against expanding. This is the other thing too. As she was serving in the state senate, she was like opposing, uh, like. The good parts of the Affordable Care Act, because uh, there was a nice. big expansion of Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act, and Kristen Cinema opposed opposed <laughs> opposed that in Arizona. I guess she didn't want to, because I, I remember when I I lived in Texas at the time, and there was like, we're not going to accept the money 
yeah. if they try and expand Medicaid. We're just not going to accept the money. It's there, but we won't take it. Kristen Cinema was like that person for Arizona. Like we sh- we're we're not going to take that money. Hell yeah, that's that fucking rocks. Girls Good rock. job. <laughs> she uh hold on i'm just gonna skip ahead here a little bit oh no this is this is a good part cinema pushback against the aca expansion of medicaid and i saw at this time she professed uh, her kinship or friendship with the state senate president russell pierce who was uh Got a lot of people pissed off because for a long time she was very like uh, pro-immigrant and was against all these like laws that made people like show identification and stuff. Um, so when she professed that she was like she really liked this guy Russell Pierce and that she was hoping that he'd run for U.S. Congress, it pissed a lot of people off. Mostly because he was like the architect of the Show Your Papers law in Arizona, and also like was really close friends with an with a with an avowed neo Nazi. So they oh, were not good. they were not happy about that. And she was like, that's fucking great. <laughs> I love it. That neo Nazi's name, Joe Arpaio. <laughs> <laughs> no, his name was G T Reddy. J oh wait, J T GT Ready is a character from the movie Cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not JT. He's the cable guy truck or whatever. Yeah. So this guy, Russell Pierce, who was the Senate president in Arizona at the time, was friends with this guy named JT Reddy. And he was a member of one of the country's largest neo Nazi organizations. Okay. And fun, a fun fact about him is he. He killed himself after he murdered his girlfriend, her daughter, her daughter's boyfriend, and also their 15-month-old baby. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Who is this? Is this JT JT. Chevy? Yeah, JT Chevy. <laughs> close friends with Russell Pierce, who's close friends with Kristen Cinema. Murdered a baby. Man, all these names sound fucking made up, dude. They might be. I did, like, do an... Ask me anything on Reddit. Okay. <laughs> That's where I got most of my information was Kristen Cinema's Ask Me Anything. <laughs> Sounds like a disaster. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was basically uh, after that, she decided that she was going to run for U.S. Congress. And uh, upon uh, when she won that... Um, her seat in uh, U.S. Congress, she was given a seat on the House Financial Services Committee, which she spent a lot of that time. This is like post-Great Recession, so she spent a lot of that time uh, rallying people to basically gut financial protections, gut Dodd-Frank. Uh, she wanted to limit the ability of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to uh, protect people from fraud. Uh, nice. She was part of I I don't have the name right in front of me, but there was basically a a law of, of the Obama administration was trying to get something passed that basically said that, hey, if you work in the financial services industry and you work with people's retirement funds, you have to make all of your financial decisions based on your client's best interest. Which sounds like a no brainer. Um Kristen Cinema and a lot of Republicans though were like, No, actually. <laughs> um they did not want that to pass. They were advocates for... Basically, they killed that, so basically they're allowing financial uh, service companies and stuff to basically, like, as long as it benefited their bottom line, they could fuck you over out of as much money as they wanted. Oh, cool. That sounds good, I think. <laughs> <laughs> These things all sound like... fair and normal, and... um. Yeah. Yeah, when am I supposed to be mad, Kenny? Yeah, so far you just said cool shit. She lived in a gas station. She knew the car from cars that turned out to be a Nazi. <laughs> she knew some guy named what was it? Pierce Brosnan, was that the guy's name? 
Your new James Bond. GT Ready. Yeah. Yeah, she went JT to the same Haberstadt. school as everyone's favorite basketball player, Jimmer Ferdette. <laughs> it's all good so far. Oh, um, yeah, that's. Okay, so here's something. Even a, she ran a lot of her campaigns talking about her own experiences in poverty. She repeatedly introduced bills that would loosen regulations on mobile home loans uh, that let predatory lenders slap unusually uh, lower income buyers with bigger fees and penalties and charge them exorbitant rates and lock them into shitty. <laughs> oh, nice. That okay. Basically, yeah, she just. Also, did, like she did all the good stuff, is what you're saying. Yeah, she went out of her way to basically service the financial service industry and Wall Street and people like that. And uh, the financial services of industry. Yeah, the financial services industry uh, gave her a lot of money, according to figures from the National Institute on Money and Politics, after receiving. She received $28,346 in 2012 from the industry, $89,000 in 2014, $181,000 two years later, and then two years after that, received $890,000 from financial service industry and campaign contributions. All right. <laughs> she was actually, before she became a senator in the House, it was she was in the House of Representatives, she raised so much money that she challenged even Nancy Pelosi's totals in terms of fundraising. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. She's like, you know, she's like the original, like, campaign fundraiser. She's like the original Mafia Don for that shit. And she's like out raising her. Yeah. Well, Which is cool because remember earlier she said taking campaign contributions is bribery. Yeah. Well, she's like to... totally down with that now well yeah i mean to be fair that was a very stupid take um <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah it seems like it seems like even when she, her like heart was in the right place she did say the stupidest things like even yeah, when she like, was trying to be on the take. right side she always said the dumbest things. so it makes sense that yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hey, you want to end like poverty in Arizona? Let me give you twenty dollars just to help. No, I cannot be bought by this random <laughs> dude in a neighborhood. It's just, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. But good to oh. know that she's been bought off. No, it's good and, to know uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know how easily she changes her mind from not taking, you know, five dollars from some guy to. And then during the Trump administration, she opposed uh, not Trump administration, but she did oppose uh, repealing the estate tax. And then during the Trump administration, she supported uh, she voted with Donald Trump 50 percent of the time. Whoa, that's half. So, yeah, that's so half, half the, the time and uh, not as bad as. Joe Not, Manchin, who was yeah, like 80, say, 89%, but yeah. <laughs> pretty bad still. Yeah, Joe Manchin is like 69% of the time with nice. Trump. And a cool thing she did too is like, uh, as where she used to, she organized, the, in her youth, organized dozens of rallies against the Afghanistan and Iraq war. When it came to war in Syria, she decided to leave her decision up to an online poll that she what, posted like on her website. <laughs> Well, like one of those Facebook things that are like, should I dye my hair purple? Yes. Heck yes. I, like one of those things. Yeah, I think so. I couldn't find the actual poll, but yeah. So. Wow. She voted for increasing the military defense budget every single year. Uh, as an excuse, she said it's because she has $50,000, uh, 150,000 defense sector jobs in Arizona. Um, and also, like, her excuse for also everything from raising the minimum, against raising the minimum wage or uh, increasing quality of living or increasing social safety net spending or whatever, she always uses the same excuse of small businesses and family farms and shit like that. So basically, 
the excuse that everybody gives for not why you can't increase wages. Yeah. She joined with Republicans while she was in the Senate to pick apart the Affordable Care Act. Um, she voted in delaying the individual mandate twice. She voted to allow insurance companies to offer plans that didn't meet the law's requirements. So I don't know if you guys remember when the Affordable Care Act was like a lot of insurance companies were like targeting insurance plans towards young people that basically did nothing. Mm hmm. They were like, get our super cool premium Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, cool sunglasses guy insurance plan that covers <laughs> absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. But, yeah, but they have a cool sunglasses guy, so. But you could get it through the Obamacare marketplace, so that was awesome. And, and Obama's then... cool. Remember when he hit those corner threes and it made Bradley Whitford come in his pants? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then so basically, this is the weird thing about Kristen Cinema is like she portrays herself as a centrist, but she's uh didn't like campaign, refused to campaign for like Hillary Clinton. She attacks the Affordable Care Act, so I don't know if her political calculation is that well thought out. Because it seems like she's just a re bisexual Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> I mean, not being a Republican, that's terrible, but... Yeah. That's basically it. I couldn't find like a single determining factor as to why she flipped on a dime in like the span of two years and just became one of the most conservative Democrats in the Senate. Yeah, I mean, the argument that I've seen kind of thrown around about her is that she's in Arizona and Arizona is like, you know, a purple state or whatever. Right. She's like and, pandering to her constituents, quote unquote, right? Yeah, and like, so she... But exactly, but that argument falls apart. Yeah, no, Almost for sure. spectacularly. And specifically when it comes to the minimum wage issue. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I I think it's a dumb rationalization, obviously. But um, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, John McCain was a senator here. Yeah. And before John McCain, Barry Goldwater. So there's like this tradition of like, you know, bucking the status quo or whatever. But, you know, a lot of the things that these people bucked the status quo on were like, really bad things <laughs> is the like problem. poor people and people of color and... yeah yeah exactly it's like yeah. when a comic uh it's like when a comic is like i tell it like it is and there's just like here's like jokes about why the holocaust since 9-11 are funny like yeah i know you're bucking <laughs> the system but like you're doing it for the like wrong side <laughs> yeah that was so um, I've, can you, I've never really understood that argument though, because I'd be like, that'd be like you, Amador, running for something in Texas, and then just being like, "Well, since everyone in Texas is fucking Republican, I guess I'm just going to be a Republican for 40 years, <laughs> and and then die." Like I don't understand that strategy, or not that strategy. I don't understand that excuse. I think it falls apart. Yeah, I mean, this is like classic, like Democrat you know calculations on on a voter like voters are static they don't they can't you can't change their opinion on anything you can't like fight for what's right because you know this is all like belittling you know the electorate essentially mm -hmm. just like all these calculations all they tell me is that oh you think that everyone is fucking stupid and so you have to do things a certain way to appease these people. But really, like, what happened after she, you know, voted down the minimum wage, her approval rating went down. It's, you know, it's just polling, so there's no real consequences. But, you know, maybe at some point, maybe she, next time she's up for re-election, depending on, like, all the decisions she makes during the Biden administration might, you know bite her in the ass I, if she's not yeah i will say if 
her and Joe Manchin build their entire career off of opposing everything that Joe Biden tries to do, I'd be surprised if they win re-election. Except for Joe Manchin, who will win by default every <laughs> every time. Yeah, I mean, he he's got like well, over her, like it, it sounds like, you know, she, you know, kind of rose in the ranks in politics. I mean, she started at like ground nothing with the Green Party and then like got all the way to where she's a senator. Um and I mean her election was like really close um that was another weird thing about Kristen cinema where it was like you can look where a lot of these people like get their money or like their fine personal finances and Kristen cinema still like consistently ranks as one of the poorest members of congress it's like you're not even selling out right like i don't know what you're doing <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or it's, it's like weird. Joe, I Joe Manchin oh, like good. owns all these businesses and shit, and like, okay, Joe Manchin has a personal stake in like making sure that wages remain low. Kristen Cinema doesn't have. I mean, obviously, like as I said, she takes all that money from industry and stuff, but it's definitely more of her making these shitty decisions. It's best definitely based more on. Uh, political opportunism as opposed to like personal like financial gain whereas I think that's the way it is a lot with like most of the politicians I don't think they have like the long game in mind yeah like, I think uh, Kristen Cinema, unfortunately is somebody that's going to be around for a long time because I think these are political calculations and not I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a stupid strategy. Anyways, I think she's in that, that bubble and she's making mistakes, especially voting against the minimum wage by doing like a twirl and a bow and shit. But Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was reading an article about her like when she was running. It was pretty interesting, just like the stark contrast between her and uh, her opponent, Martha McSally. Um, but apparently, yeah, another cool name. Her Lots antic- of cool names in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, one of their like issues that they butt heads on is you know the war and stuff like that. Um, and Martha McSally made a big deal about Christian Cinema wearing a tutu at an anti-war protest or whatever. So like that's like what she was up against was like just this like rabid like Republican who was also like while she was twirling around in a fucking tutu, I was actually fighting in Iraq or whatever. So that was like, you know, that's like that, you know, like that culture war about like actual war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> that, whole th- that whole thing where it's like, oh, you were a protester. Like you're a dirty, like anarchist, like dumbass idiot, and, I, and, and I'm a murderer. I'm a war criminal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think what we learned from this episode is that um, all bisexuals are bad. That's what, right? Oh, oh, no, <laughs> That's what no, I'm taking away no, from it. No, that they can't be trusted. <laughs> no. um, yeah, that was. That was interesting. Uh, she's a weird lady. She's, uh... Yeah. I... yeah. Uh, most of what I read from her, I think, is just... What kind of boils down to, like, the cultural differences between, like, a neo- the neoliberal professional class and actual people on the left and their worldview. And how, I think, once you get into that professional class, especially in politics, like... I think there's, like, maybe not an active propaganda, but there's definitely, like, a propaganda that gets run on you to where, like, you stop. Like, you lose the plot. Right. And you're, like, a caricature of yourself. Like, Kristen's, everything Kristen Cinema said that she cared about, she's basically turned her back on that. And I was like, why the fuck are you doing it at this point? Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. Called power. It's called power, yeah. sweaty. Sweaty. <laughs> Why'd you call him sweaty? <laughs> you haven't seen that meme? It's like no, I don't like know sweaty, what the fuck you're talking about. Sweaty. Okay. Who's sweaty? That's just that oh, meme. I don't know what that be... meme is. <laughs> I thought you what? just. I thought you just like messed up Kenny's name and called him sweaty, and it's like, all right. Well, <laughs> sweaty van. Is that all you got? <laughs> so yeah that's i mean yeah that's it that's she wants to be a part of that club that political establishment and fuck it well we're not part of the political establishment and uh oh shit well (laughs) you can reach us at uh, spendoctored at gmail.com and you can tell us all your thoughts about Flubber and whether it's a man or a woman or a non-binary pal, you can just let us know. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook where we got a pretty mean review about uh, <laughs> how we say like too much. Hurt my feelings. Um... <laughs> What are you talking about? We got a review that some guy was like, these people fucking talk shit about all the people I love. And also, they think they're funny, but they're high all the time, and they say like too much, and it hurt my feelings. So you can find, you can read that on our Facebook page. Um, you can rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And until next time... Shooky-dooky, quack-quack. Quack-quack.